The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We're talking NFC West today. The Arizona Cardinals, the LA Rams, uh, and in a part two, we're doing that in part one. Part two, we're going to be doing Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers. You're listening to the Get Paid Podcast. As usual, Brad, my co-host, is back. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great, brother. I missed you guys last week. How'd it go? It wasn't as, wasn't as good without me, was it? <sighs> no, it's a different energy. Now, we were, we were yeah. talking baseball, um, you know, which is fine, actually, at this point of the season because the, there's no preseason, so the, the, the NFL offseason and the hype is a little bit weakened, as we talked about like two weeks ago. Um, so it was good to kind of check in on baseball and, and see kind of who we should be putting futures bets on and all that stuff. Speaking of, by the way, I'm, I was on Bavada Sportsbook, and we talked about this last season with the NFC West, man. The NFC West gets no love in mm. the betting community, and I thought really? for sure, for sure, that would have changed this year. Because even the worst team in the division, the consensus quote-unquote worst team in the division, the Arizona Cardinals— even they are super interesting and like a really kind of like strong, feisty, team. probably one of those teams that could even be second place in another division if they get transplanted somewhere. There's well, that's surprising to me. No love whatsoever. So again, no you know, Bovada, what, what, what would that be? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is team, it the influx. It might be the influx of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you know, so in that division. Yeah, well, I, but, I, still, I don't know. This division has put every team in the Super Bowl over the last decade, maybe a little bit more because yeah, the, the Cardinals is, is good. It, it's, it's underrated in a general sense, I think. The last it's hard to believe because the 49ers are always such a great you know, franchise for the most part. Right. I, I think if you take the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl win out, I believe this division has put the Super Bowl representative from the NFC in there because we had two C, uh, Seahawks Super Bowls. We had the 49ers and the Rams um, in, in recent history. And then the Cardinals went there with Kurt Warner as, as we, you know, remember they lost to the Steelers. Right. So that might've been a little bit more than 10 years ago. It's right around that, that was area 07, I believe something like that. 07, okay. So maybe. like, thir- so in 15 years, every single team has been to the Super Bowl in this division. One yeah, team has well, been there multiple true. times. Can I mean, and, and this team still, they're not getting any love from, from, what was um, the best team out of all of them? I would say, I would say it was probably probably the Seahawks team that lost um, to the uh, to the Patriots. I think was the I best would, of those teams. Uh, I would have to agree. Well, what are, what are the other ones we have to contend with? Last year's 49ers. which I yeah. love that team. They're just a little young. Um, yeah. Um, and they probably should have won last year. But you're you're talking about going against Patrick Mahomes. We already broke that game down. You know. Um, yeah. Sure. I, I love that San Francisco team, so that'd probably be my second favorite team. The well, initial... I didn't ask you favorite yet. I asked you the best. What was the best team? Yeah, I, I, the only contender, I think the 49ers last year were a contender for that. And then I would say that the Seahawks, who dismantled the Broncos in that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. But I think what that was— defense was real. That's that's what it is, and I think that the, the offense was just behind the defense. And, you know, I think it's just a natural thing, certainly for us, but for— the NFL community as a whole is we like offenses. And so when a defense sure. like the Seahawks came out and just put a thumping on that Broncos yeah. offense. Yeah. Um, I may be, and I don't know your opinion, Sean, I should know this by now, but I may be the, one of the last ones that looks at a defense that's just rowdy and dominant and goes, yes, that is friggin' awesome. And it's like, it's something that green Bay's never really had, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And all, Time deep. Well, that's not true. In '96, I think they had an all-time defense with Reggie White and Sean Jones. That that 
was it wasn't the level of Seattle or Tampa oh, or yeah. two or Bears of eighty five, but those defenses that come around like that that yeah. are just you know, the Ravens of O two, right? You know what's interesting too? I know we're talking NFC West today, but like the Steelers right now, right like right now are in the midst of one of the best defensive unit runs like four or five years. Interesting. And, and we don't pay attention to it. I mean, the, the, I, have, I have no idea. This is news to me. Yeah, I'm telling you, like the, the sacks and the turnovers they generate. Again, you know, as we talked about in the um, in the AFC North section or, or, or show that we did, the Steelers went eight and six with like a third string quarterback last year and, and Mason Rudolph. I mean, they well, suck. Who's running the show on that defense? I'm, I mean, I, and they, they've rebuilt. That's the thing. It? It's, at this yeah. point, it's um, TJ Watt. JJ uh, Watt's brother, okay, yeah, right. and um, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who they got midway through the season last year, I believe. Um, Man, or, or I think it's a culture thing. I think it's a culture it's a, and coaching. And culture we talked about how how yeah. underrated Tomlin is. And um, you know, back, I guess you could swing this back over to the Seahawks, which we'll talk about in part two. Um, the Seahawks. Let me look here real quick. The Seahawks to win the Super Bowl, Brad, are at plus eighteen hundred according to Bavada. And to put that in, in perspective, I think Dallas is at plus 1,200. Oh, God. That makes me a little sick. That makes me a little bit sick and a little nauseous. What? Dude, Dallas is the pretty girl with no personality, doesn't cook for you, can't have a conversation with your mom, <laughs> makes your friends feel like they're intruding. Dude, that's what <laughs> Dallas is, man. They're sparkly. And I know they always get um, you know, some uplift from you know their fans who, who put money down on them. Like the, we see that with the Chicago Cubs in Major League Baseball and, fr- frankly, the Steelers who we were just talking about. When they have big, like um, loyal fan bases, you always get an uplift. But we're talking about making money here. And Seattle— this, Yeah. If I were to say to you— uh, Seattle's going to make the Super Bowl this year. Would you have any bit of um, surprise? Surprise? No. Would, it, would there be any surprise? No, not at all. And Let's, it's I, been I, that way for the past four years, and it's going to be that way for the next for the next four years. Russell Wilson took his team to the Super Bowl twice. Okay, when he wasn't as good as he is now, I know. That, when it, he wasn't it's just as good it, as he is now. It right? boggles the mind. That, I know. Yeah, and, and, I don't understand that either. And Maybe we talked about this last. Have to contend with San Fran. Maybe that's it, because that's not easy. When one of the best teams, you have to play twice, and then yeah. maybe again in the. So maybe they cancel each other out and kind of drop each other's value by that way. Is that how it works? Uh, I mean, I I mean, I understand the logic there, but I don't think that should is that, be how is it that works. How it works? I don't think it should be. I, I I do think there is some of that, but I don't think it should be that. I'm sure the the odds okay. makers are taking the division, you know, certainly into um into there. But let me let me go through another one. Okay, so the the San Francisco 49ers, um, Bavada has at plus nine hundred, which I think is actually pretty good. I think that's like the third highest in the league behind Kansas City and Baltimore, which I'll take that. Um, I, and I think that's a reasonable line at this point of year. But still, that's pretty decent value for a Super Bowl pick. Um, Sean, let me ask you this. Do you think that we're just being a little bit biased and partial because you and I have been outspoken Russell Wilson fans? Mm-hmm. So maybe we're kind of looking at them from the lens of 2015-16, and we're not accurately assessing their talent as a whole right now, and we're kind of inflating our opinion on them. Because we enjoy Russell Wilson so much. Well, Could that be possible? 
Um, and, and let me qualify that too for anybody who's picking us uh, up the show for the first time. We, when we say we like Russell Wilson, we like him as a quarterback, but we actually don't like him. I don't <laughs> like, want him to win. I, no, we don't want him yeah. to win. So we I actually act. Him. I want him to lose. But. And I think that's important for for people who are picking up the show because people might think, ah, you know, you're biased towards the Seahawks. No, I mean, we don't like the Seahawks. Maybe a better do- word would be respect. Respect. Fear. I think respect yeah, and fear. Both of those things. Um, I hate. I hate seeing the Seahawks. Ugh. I hate. I. I really dislike the Seahawks. But you're talking yeah, again. This show is about getting paid. I mean, that's why we call it get paid. Right. I mean, you got to respect the teams that you don't like to to make money. And I. I mean, I think that's possible, Brad. What you said, but you know, the way I look at it is, you know, this show we're we're, we're picking lines and we're picking value, and this division continuously gives us value. Um. You're like, okay, so let me let me give you another one, okay? Th- this one also kind of boggles my mind. We were talking about the Cardinals at the start of the show. Uh, Bavada has the Cardinals at plus 4,500 to win the Super Bowl, right? So those are low odds. You're looking at, what is that, 45 right. to 1, right? And th- yeah. I, think that's, I think that's completely fair. Let me give you another one. Let me throw another one at you. So the Cardinals are at uh, plus 4,500. Bavada has the LA Rams, who went to the Super Bowl two years ago, at plus 6,000. To get back to the wow, Super Bowl. they have worse odds than the Cardinals. I just don't understand Boy, what's going on. They fall off now. I, I so the Rams they have new coaching staff. You get rid of Gurley, but I don't care about getting rid of Gurley because they weren't using him last year. They replaced yeah, him. Well, maybe even for the past couple years, it's yeah, been a weird deal. Yeah, it's. I, I I mean they have the coaching staff and the quarterback that went to the Super Bowl here two years ago. We know about the Super Bowl hangover, quote unquote. We understand all that, right? Um. They went to the Super Bowl two years ago, man. They're battle-tested. How could they be below? And I think what's happening there is the Kyler Murray hype, and they get DeAndre Hopkins, and they add, in my opinion, the best, most dynamic defensive player in the draft. I think those are those are interesting things for sure. But to to be put ahead of the team that won the Super Bowl um, two years ago, and same coaching staff, same quarterbacks in place, two of the, the key receivers. Yeah, see, that's weird, right? Same coach, same quarterback. To drop off like that is, is astounding. Can I ask you something? Mm. Are their odds worse or better than the Detroit Lions? I have to know this. Oh, gosh. Let me let me pull that up for you. Um, are you when you're saying who, the Rams? Rams, yeah. All right, let me uh, let me pull it up here. What does uh, old Bavada say to... Uh, this guy here the Detroit Lions are at plus seven so no plus 7500 okay all right but they're in the same family they're eating at the same table am I right they are they are they're at the same little little area in the in the lunchroom so okay so let me talk about another anomaly if you're looking for value is a better Arizona to win the division Okay, so we were just talking about the Super Bowls at plus 4,500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the L.A. Rams uh, Super Bowls plus 6,000. To win the division, the Arizona Cardinals right now are getting plus 2,000, according to Bovada. Okay? Plus 2,000. Let me write this down here. And then the L.A. Rams are at plus 270 to win the division. Well, how does that make any sense? <laughs> that doesn't know. make any sense whatsoever. So here's you get all what these I'm numbers thinking. from the same site? Here, here's what same site. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking probably what's happening is that um, is that people are probably placing the money, the hype money on um, on what's his face, Kyler Murray, but they're not taking that down to the division level. And so the, you know the sports books are betting. So let me say this, and actually, let you know what um, it just 
It just got updated even since I wrote the lines down in this thing. So I think they have already adjusted. Now they're equal. They're equal, the okay, Rams and the, okay. and the Arizona. But you're still, again, you're still getting value there. If you think the Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl, you can bet on them to win the division. You'll get more value there. Although I, I disagree with that. I think they're I think they're fourth. I think they're behind the Rams this year. But why don't we just uh, shift that over, Brad? Let's start talking about the Cardinals. Okay. Um, you know, in their in their 2020 season, so I mentioned uh, a little bit ago. Oh, by the way, for anybody who hasn't yet, it's a little late in the season. The 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide still available on Amazon.com. You can pick it up. Free updates. Um, if you have already bought the book, email me for the free updates for crying out loud. But uh, yeah, so the Arizona Cardinals, they add, um, I think the the best. The best defensive player in the draft, because he's one of these versatile guys. I've been seeing this for a couple years, Brad. You know, with the NFL shifting, obviously, to, to pass, you know, pass first. Um, what we saw with Brian Urlacher in Chicago decade ago, 15 years ago, or whatever it was, they draft a safety and turn him into a middle linebacker. Um, Palomala, also for Pittsburgh, was one of these guys that, yeah. you know, he was a strong safety, but he could you could stack him in the box. You know, he sure. could play even as like a fifth linebacker yeah. um, on that yeah. team. He played midfield, man. Yeah. Wherever he needed to be, he would go there. And so, like, I I haven't understood, and this is why I always laughed at at the Washington football team and their draft philosophy. They have always drafted defensive linemen and turned them into linebackers. So they Mm -hmm. they take a a, a slow, like an average speed guy on the defensive line, and they turn him into a slow linebacker. You want to be doing the opposite. You want to take... Uh, um, kind of like a, a bulky safety right. and turn him into a fast linebacker. Sure, and, sure. And Arizona added, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the draft, and they needed defense. And they add, in our opinion on this show, one of the, what, best two to three wide receivers in the league, hands down, if not the best, at value. They trade basically uh-huh. David Johnson, who they weren't using anyway. This team is significantly better. I still have questions on defense. But Kyler Murray's going to be better this year. And, you, you, you know, you've met uh, Kingsbury a couple times. You like his juice as a coach. Yeah, he seems I, like a great – he seems like he's capable, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I, I look at this team and I think they're an interesting team to me. They're a team that is trapped in a bad division, meaning it's hard to win this division. Yeah, if yeah, you, right, right. Like, if you took Arizona and put them, on, put them in the AFC, say, South – with Houston and Indianapolis and, and Tennessee. Yeah, it's a different story, right. I mean, t- possibly a playoff team, I think, right? They're I mean, in a tough division, yeah. You know, I, I like the improvements as well. And in my opinion, <clears throat> there's a few positions on the football field where you can put a rookie in and have significant impact right off the bat, right? And I think defensive line, defensive end mm-hmm. specifically is one of them because I think that it's based on a lot of talent and not so much understanding understanding schemes and concepts. Right. And knowing where to be and when, that's a difficult thing for rookies, right? Right. I.e. wide receivers. So you you upgrade the defensive line. So if you can do that, you have just literally upgraded your defense, in my opinion, in the most important arena, right? Like that's it, man. If you can dominate the D-line, like your defense is forever changed. And not only that, not only do you get a pass rush, but you get a guy that can cover as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about that. Um, but even still, and, and back to Kyler Murray, like we've seen that that guy can play, right? Oh, yeah. I do expect a little bit of a sophomore slump because the people have more film on him. Other teams know his tendencies, and I think that's just part of getting better. It's just a prediction. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. Um, 
So by numbers wise, and maybe even wins, I think that maybe they they drop off. Kyler number Kyler's numbers may be lower, the wins mm. may be less, but maybe he's better for maybe he actually plays better. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, you know, in terms of like fantasy football, people are like, oh, you know, um, DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be a monster. He's going to get his 150 targets just like he did from Deshaun Watson. And I don't think that's the way this offense is built. I don't think it's I don't think we can replicate the Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins chemistry, um, especially in a season where they haven't had an offseason thanks to, you know, the, the shutdowns and the, the lack of all this stuff. I, I do like Kyler Murray. I think he'll. You know, he blossomed last year. He's quick. He has an arm. His only, you know, the only beef with him is that he's about two inches shorter than Russell Wilson. And that's shorter optically. Like, a lot of people can't wrap their heads around it. And we had serious questions last year. He's a short guy. He's little. He's real little. And my question was, like, can he throw over the offensive line? Well, you know, he was able to do that last year. So that my biggest question last year for Kyler Murray was answered. I like him. I like him quite a bit. Well, here's the thing: is he's been throwing he's been throwing over offensive lines for his whole career. Like you'd have to assume that even in high school he was the shortest one. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, he's always been throwing over tall guys, so it's not like he's this is a new thing for him. You know, those those offensive linemen in college are just as tall as they are in the pros. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this, yeah, so he knows he knows what to do, and he's he's proving he's been able to do it. Um, it is odd to see him back there, but you know. Yeah, he he's not the rule. He's the exception and exceptions exist. And Doug Flutie was able to play. Right. And Kurt Warner bagged groceries, but but got hot. Yeah, right. Stayed hot. Right. He wasn't Drew Brees, but he would get hotter than anyone else. And these things can exist. Absolutely. And, and you know, for people who kind of spent a lot of time in the South, I, since I moved to Chicago, I use this reference and nobody knows what I'm talking about. But I say like Kyler Murray's like a little water bug. You know, like those those little kind of like beetle looking things that if you go to a creek, they're just like hovering around and just moving super quick. And it's like you can't get your hands on the guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like him. I like him quite a bit. And he actually this offseason, interestingly, he put on a lot of bulk, which, you know, I'm not a big bulk guy for a quarterback. But what else are you going to do kind of when you're in a in a shorter stature? But he didn't lose any of his speed or quickness. So he put on like muscle. Um, some extra padding, I guess, and, and ability to take some hits, but didn't lose any of that quickness. So, going to be interesting. Let me hit you with the um, with the line here. So, we got for the uh, for the Arizona Cardinals seven and a half wins. Are you over or are you under? I'm going to go under and put them at seven. I think the division is too tough. I think the, I think the the bet makers are are underselling the Rams mm. and um, and the Seahawks, and yeah. of course the Niners are going to be fantastic. So, I I, I think they're going to a good season for them would be seven wins. And I, and if they get seven, I don't think that's anything to scoff at whatsoever. I think that would be a really good thing for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they added some great pieces. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I still have questions. I mean, this defense just wasn't as good. And it takes time. It takes time to gel. They didn't get the offseason. You know, you got the whole dynamic where defensive coordinators have been watching Kyler Murray and trying to find holes in him. They've had nothing to do but watch film. And these defensive coordinators in the league are pretty smart, particularly inside this division. They're pretty smart. Um I, I like the team. Don't get me wrong, guys. I think they're seven and nine. I think they're probably a year, maybe two years away because of how tough this division is from clawing their way into the playoffs. But they're getting better. Um, they're better than I thought they'd be last season. They added some great, some great pieces, but some flashy pieces. So I think some bet- some betters are latching onto the flash right now. I want some more meat and potatoes on the defense, um, and that's basically one more draft. So they're close. They're yeah, close. I like right. them. I'm on the under. I think they're seven and nine. 
and a seven and nine team, frankly, that's gonna whoever they're playing, um, you know, in the NFC, whichever division they're playing, whichever AFC division they're playing, they're, they're not a team people are gonna want to play. They're not. No. So, uh, so there no. you go. Uh, okay, before uh, this will be the last um, last team we do in this uh, part one segment of uh, of get paid this week, but we have the L.A. Rams. Okay. We mentioned uh, that they went to the Super Bowl what two years ago. Um, the big the big issue with the Rams, dude, is that I just I really think Belichick got into to Sean McVay's head. He may have. He may have broke him. I, I, and I don't. I, I mean, I think it's repairable. But what we saw last year is a couple things. You know, certainly, Golf got his extension. Um, the offense went entirely to Golf. I think he led the league in, in attempts last year. I've never felt comfortable with that. Um, I know he went to a Super Bowl as a quarterback, but I just feel like he needed more commitment to the run game. And I know that the team ran. I know Gurley. I know all these issues from last year. But I really feel like McVay went away from the run too early in the season. And when he recommitted himself, that's when the Rams went on a little bit of a run. They finished yeah. seventh in the NFC last year. So if the new playoff rules were in place, they would have made the playoffs last year. But too little, too late. And even McVay came out and said that. But the interesting thing to me is, in addition to that, um, they ended up firing both their offensive and defensive coordinators last year or in the offseason. So they have new defense and new offense, although it's still McVay's offense. So they have a new defense. And Can you we go just talk for, about go ahead. Go no, ahead. You, you you go ahead. You go jump in. I, I really do want to talk about how the Rams were the were the hottest thing in football for I don't know, maybe two years and yeah. that let that Super Bowl season, man. They were the ones, dude. They were lighting it up and Bill Belichick. How many points did they score? Three? Three. Three. And he just he he put them down, yeah. man. And he just dismantled them. And, you know, true to Belichick form, he what he only scored 13 points because he only had to score 13 points. Yeah, in that and it Super Bowl. was you know what I mean? Yeah, it was close right until the end. And uh, certainly Wade Phillips, the ex-defensive coordinator, knows Belichick. I mean, they they went yeah. they locked well, they locked it, horns when Phillips was in Denver, you know, as the defensive coordinator. But but if I'm remembering it correctly, even though that it was close by the 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 numbers on the board, I don't think it ever felt like the Patriots were out of control of that game. Right? Even, I think it was like six to three when Gronk got that big catch down to the one yard line. And I, I remember thinking that, you know, yeah, the Rams mathematically have, have a really good shot at winning this game, but I just never really felt like they were in it because they couldn't string right. anything together. And I, I will say there is a little bit nothing. of a reason to, to – a little bit of, you know, credit here is Todd Gurley was super banged up. When C.J. Anderson is, is, is running the rock against, you know, in the Super Bowl, you know, and Todd Gurley, that was a little bit of a different dynamic, but a bummer for sure. A bummer for sure. Um but to hit the reset button completely in what, one offseason, one year, now they have a new def- defense coming in. And I like the guy that they hired, don't get me wrong, but to go wait, man, that's a ballsy move. And I don't like it. You know, they, they draft a new running back. You know, running backs can, can plug in, but he's kind of a slight guy. I feel like he might have more of a role as a third down running back. I don't know if he's going to be a starting running back, like like a three down back, like uh, Le'Veon Bell was, for example, in Pittsburgh. It's just... Man, I don't know, man. I think they're going in the wrong direction, and I I put the blame on Sean McVay. That's where I'm at, yeah. man. That's yeah, well, I think you have to. He's. It, it seems like he's he's lost it, and when you look at him, is like, he was the mad, you know, he was the next Belichick. He was a scientist. He was yeah. a genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, right, and I yeah. think that may have been said by a few of the pundits. 
And maybe that's why Belichick went, all right, all right, well, yeah. let me just show you how this goes. Yeah, yeah he's he's the, the Vader. Yeah, dude, he's – yeah, I mean, he's uh, – <laughs> It's just it, it's just unfortunate, and I think – but I'm more bullish on that. All this negativity aside, I actually kind of like the Rams coming into the season. They, last year, the negativity, they lost the Super Bowl. I think McVay did some soul-searching last offseason that didn't really pan out too well for the franchise. I think he'll be back this year um, and kind of a little bit more back to his, you know, baby Belichick ways, his, his kind of genius ways. So I like them. Let me hit you with the over-under uh, win total for the Rams. Eight and a half, Brad. Are you over or under? Under. I'm going to go under, yeah, oh. for sure. What, what do you, you think they finish? If you had to guess, what do you think the record is? I think they win seven games. So you mm-hmm. think they tie the Cardinals? Yeah, I, I, yeah. We haven't disagreed, actually, interestingly, which is rare for us. We haven't disagreed in a while on one of these. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take the over. I think they're 9-7 and seven at least. I, I believe in McVay. I believe that they'll rebound from what was a disappointing last um, season. And, uh, and I think they'll be back and they'll be competitive. And... I think it's a three-way kind of race. It wouldn't shock me if any of the three teams win the division. It would shock me a little bit if the Arizona wins. So there you go. Um, there's half. There's part one of the NFC West. So tune in for part two of NFC West. In the meantime, go out, make some bets, get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling. We the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday. Because the team right here know the game the most. From Chi-Town to the Florida coast. Got swag. Got butter with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy football almanac. So quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real. Whatever you win. You're going to wish this podcast never in. Now get ready. Ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.